0: G'day and welcome to the Fantasy Footy Brands podcast. You join us for the round three pod. Um, my name's Josh. I'm in the in the hosting seat today and I'm joined as always by Daniel. Daniel, how is uh how is round two for you, mate? And why did you jinx Jackson Ford for us all?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Round two was an absolute shocker for me. Um, I just remember watching that game, like the, the coverage for that game, and I heard uh, Webster say that, and I was like, oh, I have to I have to share this with people because it means, you know, going forward he'll get 80 minutes, and then, of course, he gets a HIA <laughs> in the first five minutes of the game, and he's, yeah, he's out for this week as well. It's unfortunate. He's not a sell, but, like, yeah, it's just so unlucky. Poor timing. Poor timing on my part. Yeah, yeah,
0: I hate to say I also made the mistake of giving, I put up a post when the news of Rick, Victor Radley came out. I was like, all right, Brandon Smith, let's go this week. And of course, he had a shocker as well. Yeah. I even talked to someone, someone was messaging me throughout the week and telling me, oh, well, should I, should I go Brandon Smith up to Tohu Harris? I was like, oh, maybe give Brandon Smith one more week. So um, <laughs> that was some really good advice by me. <laughs> um, but one of the new things we introduced this week was the, uh, the brain fade, the brain fade of the week, which I think it's a cool way gives people a, a bit of a platform to to go through what what happened uh, in their team, what went wrong, potentially the brain fade. And we got some good responses. When I said, uh, Lyle Elliott, when I said, uh, what was your brain fade? He said, everyone. So um, unlucky there. Um, we've got a few others here. I... Ford, he was obviously a popular one in the comments here. Uh, Brandon Smith, obviously, we just spoke about as well. Some some, some Ponga owners, some people who have uh, Captain Cleary.
1: Yeah. Is there uh, anyone else on the, on the Brains
0: made list for, for you, Daniel?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of guys that said they had Preston, brought him in for round one and then traded him, which is uh, oh. very unlucky for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same with the ones that, like, you know, Uh, Josh here, not trading Brandon Smith to Mark Nichols last week would have been a a decent trade for your mids, yeah. There's a a few like that. Like, you just, you know... Like, with Brandon Smith, for example, this week, Victor Radley's out. He should get increased minutes. And, of course, what happens? He gets a rib injury in the first 10 minutes and he can barely make a tackle or run. So, I mean, what can you do? You can't see see into the future.
0: That is true, yeah. If only we had the crystal ball here next to us, we'd be much better fantasy players. Yeah. But... Maybe that's an interesting one to open up with uh, for yourself, Daniel. What are you feeling on on the cheese? Uh, I know for myself, I'm a little bit cold on the cheese. Um, usually I'm like, you know, I like some grilled cheese. At the moment, it's kind of like that cheese, you know, that sits in the fridge for a little bit too long and some of the outside bits go orange, you know. So <laughs> is there a potential to kind of rip those orange bits off and is there still some good in the cheese? What do you think?
1: See, I know we differ in opinions in Brendan Smith because I I think he's a long-term hold, but I know that pretty much every other coach... Like, the, he's been traded out by 17% of teams this week, so pretty much every other fantasy co- coach is just jumping ship as soon as possible, trying to save face considering he's dropped about 60K already. But there, there still is potential there. You've just got to kind of get through this rough, difficult bit because... He he probably won't be making you cash in the next week or two, but come you know just before Origin, um, middle of the season, he'll be hitting hitting his stride again, most likely. The Roosters have started pretty slow as well, to be fair. Okay, so you think he's kind of a long term long term keeper?
0: That's what I'm hearing from you. So um, yeah, I don't mind that as as a thought. You know, I think he's going to come good eventually. My one, I guess, devil's advocate on this point is the rib injury it's one that could potentially linger on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know if you listen to the magic sponge podcast, the NRL physio, he does. Um, He was very quick to say Brandon Smith is a sell, uh, presumably because of that risk, a little bit different because it's super coach. But I think, um, yeah, it's hard to fault anyone who is selling him, but I think I'm in the same boat as you and I'm going to try and hold strong. Um, and I think maybe address some bigger issues potentially in my team this week.
1: Yeah, there's there's plenty of them. I think the problem is that everyone's got so many issues with all the Panthers players being out. Then all the HIAS coming through this week, meaning they're all going to miss um, around like your your Nickel, Clockstad's, your um, Jackson Fords, your Talau. You know all those guys that are just missing this week. You've kind of got to figure out how to replace them before you're replacing you know green ticks in your squad. That's a fair enough
0: point. Well uh without further ado mate let's get into some of these team lists uh the first one here we've got uh the seagulls up against the eels that's the uh the thursday night game and one of the big ones for the seagulls josh schuster comes back into the number six what are your thoughts on him mate is he one that you're gonna try and get into
1: your team I am not touching him with a 10-foot pole to start the season. Um, <laughs> he has way too much risk, I think. I think give him a week or two, see how he plays out. If he does, you know, even if he has a good game to start off, he can. you can still buy him next round. It's not like he's going to break the bank to get him in. He gets like a 50 or a 60. He jumps up to maybe just under 500K. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about not having him for the first game. It, it's more of a worry if you do have him. Um, you need him to go well. So... Yeah, I think um one to keep an eye on, but not one to buy straight away.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking at as well. You can probably give him a week and just see how he goes. We haven't really seen him that much in the six. We had we saw that, you know, season where he was playing edge and had those base stats. So this is kind of nice. Gives you a week to have a look at him against the the Eels here and um yeah, it can kind of go from there. One of the interesting ones, uh, For any of those Sean Kepi owners, uh, I know a few people kind of started the season with him. He's gone back to the bench. I'm not sure what his break even is this week. Maybe you can still hold him for another week or so, but he's probably one that you're going to have to sell now with uh, Josh Alawai and a few of these other forwards now and him on the bench. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I I think so too. He's got a break even of nine. So you'd probably hold him through this week, but most likely he's going to be a trade out next week. Like I don't see him getting huge scores this week, unless he gets the same kind of minutes because he was getting what 40 minutes off, off the, out of the lock roll. So, um, that was enough to get him, you know, the mid thirties kind of scores, uh, forties scores. So yeah, unless he, unless he, um, unless he keeps those minutes, he's probably not one to, one to go, uh, one to keep, sorry. You'll probably have to trade him out.
0: And then I guess just finally with the Seagulls, uh, there's no point of view, you know, is there any part of you that's like, oh, you know, Cleary's not playing this week, maybe I should go Cleary to DTE, he had a pretty good round one, Uh, what would you say to someone who's, who's thinking about that?
1: But don't waste trades like that. You're going guns to guns, like the amount of people that I've been seeing being like, oh, I'm definitely selling Cleary this week because he's not good enough. And "Oh, I've got to get DC and he scored a 90. Like, come on, you know, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously, you can't be making stupid trades like that going sideways just for one round only to go back to Cleary in a couple of weeks time anyway. So yeah, don't waste your trades. Hold Cleary, just use him as a loop option this week and, um, yeah, try to get DCE in later in the year when you've got a bit of cash made up. Wouldn't have said it better myself,
0: mate. Yeah, class permanent. Cleary, he's going to be the top point scorer probably this year um, or definitely up there. So, yeah, one, you may as well just uh, bank that trade and stay it for the run home. Moving on to the Eels, mate. They're... Isn't too much to chat about uh, their team list, pretty similar to what it was in these last few weeks. One thing I want to talk to you about obviously, the hop god uh, is unreal. Everyone's favorite player, probably, to start the season. He's made already a truckload of cash. Uh, do you see him as a genuine captaincy option this week?
1: Yep, I've already got the C on him. I, <laughs> I'm chunking it on him <laughs> and I'm leaving it there for this round. Uh, the fact that, you know, I think Maddow's back next week and Lane is like two or three weeks after that. So Hopgood is at least a captaincy option this week and then we see what happens with Maddow next week. I think they're going to give him big minutes in the middle. Hopgood, even with Matto and Lane back, I still see him probably playing 60 minutes at least in the middle. Uh, it'll Yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see how they play playing because he provides... Like, obviously, a lot in defense. You know, he makes tons of tackles a game. I think he's averaging, like, 55 tackles a game or something like that. But he doesn't... Oh, he does miss a few, but he's he provides a lot more in attack as well. Like, the fact that he's got that offload, he's playing close to the line and throwing it out the back, you know. He's actually moving the defensive line of the opposing team to actually create some space for Moses and Dylan Brown on the edges. So, yeah, I think he's probably going to be a... Close to permanent fixture in this Parramatta team going forward.
0: Yeah, I I think so as well, mate. He has been unreal, and one thing that I guess I didn't really know about him is just the the offload ability and the try assists he's getting and things like that. It's unreal for a middle forward to be banking these attacking yeah. stats along with the base. Um, yeah, his defense was a little bit shaky. He led a few, uh, definitely some missed tackles there that were kind of costly, letting people through the middle, which. Uh, don't love to see, but yeah, it's kind of. I think even when Maddo comes back, you'd think he still has a pretty good role in this team. Maybe Maddo even comes onto the edge. Um, but I think, yeah, as you're saying this week, he seems to have this pretty good lock roll um, kind of shored up. So I think it's pretty solid captaincy option. And yeah, that's the way I'm leaning at this point as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got like guys like Cartwright and Dury and stuff like that. It's a bit of a risk because of how good Hopgood's going. It's risky picking them up now if you don't already have them. Um, yeah, just because you don't know what this Parramatta team's going to look like when Matto and Lane come back into it. It's a bit of a, a bit of a risk going them at this stage because you might have to trade them out in a week or two's time anyway.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Even with the, uh, I think definitely with Dury, I'd be if I don't have him, I wouldn't be getting him. Carter, I think, still has a negative break even. So I could see the the way people are thinking, but I'd probably be prioritizing guys like Preston if you don't have him. Yeah. Because yeah, we don't really know how that, that's gonna shake up. But I guess what are you doing with Matt Matt Dory and your team if you've got him? Are you keeping him as your kind of uh, your first emergency number five on your bench here, or are you having him in your starting team. Uh, what are your thoughts around Dory?
1: Yeah, I think most teams are going to be playing him this week, just with Ford out and, you know, a couple other HIAs um, around most most fantasy coaches' teams. He, yeah, he's probably going to be a play this round, Coming with Maddo coming back in next round, I have no idea what the minutes are going to look like between Hopgood, Dury and Cartwright. The good thing is, Cartwright's actually looked pretty decent, and he's actually looked quite good in attack, so like you said, Dury's probably going to be the first man to go if Maddo does move to an edge, but... Yeah, I think this week, Dury, you're probably going to have to play him if you do have him on your team.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, I know how my team is is shaping up the moment. We've had a few DMs about this, but what you can do with Dury, because he plays his first game, you can have him as uh, number five if you on your bench, your first emergency. Yeah. If he happens to have a stinker or if he turns into one of these HIA knock on wood and uh, you know gets a single-digit score, then he's not going to hurt you in the uh, in your starting team, and then you can kind of use Cleary as that loop um, in your fourth in your fourth emergency. If he does have a good game, and kind of hit, probably you're looking at at least thirty plus, but hopefully forty plus, um, and then that shores up that score as well. So yeah, DMs if you have questions about that. But yeah, man, I think that's it for the Eels So let's move on to the next game, which is the the Knights and the Mighty Redcliffe Dolphins. Um, so Going with the Knights, a few spots open up in this pack because of uh, Ty Feedy, his suspension. So, guys like Brody Jones are in the starting team, Leo Thompson as well. Do either of those guys uh, interest you as potential starters?
1: Uh, Leo Thompson does, but I think I'm going to steer well clear of this Knights team just altogether at the moment. The only player I have from this team is Lockie Miller, and that's because he's you know obviously a starting uh, fullback after coming from the Sharks last year. Everyone else, uh, there's there's plenty of value in there for a draft team. Like you know, Phoenix Crossland starting at nine might get you a few extra points. Leo Thompson at lock, playing a few extra minutes in the middle, get you a few points. But yeah, I can't see going near any of these players for classic at or way too risky and yeah, not one that I'm I'm willing to to go near at the moment. Especially after watching that game um last week. It was atrocious the nuts of the Tigers. I yeah. Less <laughs> said about that the better.
0: Yeah, a real poosling as I would say. Um, <laughs> two teams that couldn't really, you know, land that final blow and just start uh, python Gamble just chirping into people's ears and then yeah. Jackson Hastings, whatever he's done at the end of the game or said to Tommy to to piss everyone off as well. So yeah. um, some good banter, I guess, but not much on the fantasy front. I agree with you. Um, even guys like Leo Thompson are around 400K, so they're probably not ones you're kind of looking at um, at the moment. And guys like Phoenix Cross and probably just a one-week play with Brayley out for a head knock, you assume he probably comes back next week.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, mate, moving on to... The Mighty Red Cliff Dolphins had another good win. Uh, guys like the Hammer looked unreal again. I think he's leading the Dally M at the moment as well. So it yeah. uh, started very well. Anything you, you're kind of thinking about with the Dolphins, would you still be bringing in Hammer if you haven't got him? And I know for me, what I'm considering also is, what is your status on El, uh, Eli Katoa? Isaiah Katoa? Um, is there a Katoa? Is there a potential replacement in your team for clear if he's on the buy.
1: Yeah, this is a really, really hard one because Hammer, he's not, I mean, he's got two tries in two games, so he's not going to be getting, you know, your 50 plus scores every week, but he's got three he, actually
0: three and two games.
1: He's got three in two games there you go yeah, he's So he's you got a double against the raiders yeah that's right yeah um yeah so he's not going to be getting your 50 plus scores every game but he does have plenty of attacking stats going at the moment his base is probably around the 20 mark so he really does rely on these attacking stats so if you think the dolphins are going to go on a charge this this year and you know finish in the top eight with you know plenty of points scored then by all means go the hammer but at 450k, he's got a little bit of cash to make in the next couple of weeks, but it's only going to take one round for, for his break even to drop back to, you know, the normal 30, 35 points and um then he's going to be a, a hard one to get cash out of. So um if you don't have him already, I mean, you could bite the bullet and go him this week, but yeah, it's getting to the point where you have to get him in. I think this is probably the last round you can get him in to make a bit of cash. But yeah, you've got to, you're going to have to do it sooner rather than later because he's going to drop back eventually because the dolphins aren't going to be scoring 20 plus points a game every week.
0: Yeah, and just to jump in, I yeah agree with that. He's probably done, doesn't have the base to be kind of a long-term keep, and we kind of spoke about it a little yeah. bit throughout the preseason. Just also, he scored two of the probably easiest tries you'll ever see on a rugby <laughs> league field. Um, one of them he like crawled to basically put it down, and then the last one, which I couldn't believe this play when I was watching it. He just got the ball kind of on this pretty average, like sweet play and just like nobody moved. He just kind of like strolled in almost untouched the, uh, yeah. the line. So kind of crazy yeah. to see that, but uh, happy days if you're a hammer owner and yeah, definitely ride the wave, but um, sorry, too much in uh, in one question, the double ender with Isaiah Katoa as well. Oh, what do yeah, you think Katoa. about him um, as a potential
1: placement? for the cleary out this week. It's only one game, so I don't mind having to chuck Katoa in there for cleary, especially if you don't have another half cover. It's not that bad. Like he he doesn't have a huge ceiling, Katoa, unless he gets a bunch of attacking stats. And it's only only his third game in NRL, so I mean, you, you he's fine for a round, but yeah, long term he's gonna be sitting in your emergencies. Probably as a probably as your looping player, to be honest, most weeks, Katoa. Um, but yeah, I don't think you probably want to be playing him in your, your top 17 most weeks. But yeah, well clear he's out. Fair enough. Chuck him in there.
0: I agree with that. And one of the questions that I'm throwing up this week is uh, Katoa versus the Knights, which you'd think the Dolphins, where they're going, he should have a good game. Yep. He's got 11 the first week, 31 the second week. So surely that means he scores 51 this week um, if the pattern continues. 50.
1: But would you prefer Isaiah Katoa over Tanner Boyd, what are you thinking there? See, Tanner Boyd's had a pretty had a pretty rough game um, last round uh, against the Dragons. They were they were nowhere. The Titans they really struggled to get on the attack. Boyd, the only thing going for him is the fact that he has a bunch of kick beaters, and that kind of brings up his base. But last round, he because he had so many bombs that he kicked out on the full. They actually moved him to lock for the last 10 minutes and then they took him off the field as well. So, um, yeah, unfortunately for him, he kind of moved out of that half roll towards the back end of the Dragons game. But I think I would probably go Tanner Boyd if you aren't trading him this week, because a lot of people are trading him out. Um, I'd go Tanner Boyd uh, for this week over Katoa.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that as well, that they took him off towards the end there and were playing him at lock, Um, which, yeah, I think Tanner Boyd is for me on the top of my sell list. Um, and I think I'm looking at doing something like Tanner Boyd down to Preston and then playing Katoa in my halves. But okay. I think if you're tossing up between the two, I prefer Katoa just because, yeah, Tanner Boyd looked pretty average. Plus, they played the Storm this week. Um, if he's only getting 20-odd points against the Dragons, you wouldn't think that he scores many more, or if he gets to 20 against the, the Storm, potentially. So, uh, yeah, one to really consider there, I think, if you're a Tanna Boyd owner.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're both feeling options, really, this week while Cleary's out. But, yeah, you could go either one, really. I mean, the Dogs pulled it off against the Storm last uh, The weekend just gone. So, who knows? Anything could happen.
0: That is true in the NRL. Because, yes, the Titans, to be fair, looked pretty nice that first week. So, they're the kind of team that kind of take one week off and then play, play well the next week. So, you never
1: know. But, yeah. How good's the how good's the top three on the ladder at the moment? The <laughs> the Sea Eagles followed by the Dragons followed by the Dolphins. Yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, ever. Yeah, we said it a hundred times throughout the preseason, didn't we? Uh, dolphins, the Dragons, they're going to be the teams to beat this year. Um, Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and this team that we're going to talk about next, the Roosters, they suck apparently this year. So um, sell all of them. Not really, but. Uh, we've talked a little bit already about the cheese and, uh, where you stand on the hotness scale of the cheese. Is there anything else you want to touch on? They get, uh, where high back this week, any interest in the Roosters team or anything else you're kind of looking at for them?
1: Uh, to be honest, not really. I mean, if you've got one of the butcher brothers, Egan's probably kind of he's kind of bottomed out, really. He hasn't really done much. But then again, he's, you know, scoring his base every week if you've picked him up. Um, You just need the Roosters to have a good game and he'll, you know, his scores will pick up. It's just that they've started very, very slow. Nat Butcher, it looks like he's probably going to be an edge season long, um, just with Crichton out with his mental health issues and Tupanua, who's out to mid-season anyway. Nat Butcher's probably going to sew up that other other edge spot. Um, The other one that's actually was pretty interesting is Lindsay Collins. He's actually... Started quite well this season. Plenty of tackles, plenty of meters. I just haven't... We haven't really seen him with, you know, Warrior Hargreaves in the team and all the bench forwards actually rotating correctly because the last two games for the Roosters, it's just been an absolute mess in terms of interchange. So we haven't seen a normal rotation from this team to start the season yet. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his minutes end up being because even start the, the first game of the season, he had fifty six minutes, and then the game just gone. He nearly played eighty with the fact that Brendan Smith was hurt and they didn't have any other forwards really to speak of in their team. So yeah, Collins is a is an interesting one that has some potential value going forward if he can keep um, keep scoring in the fifties. Yeah, I don't mind that as a mate. Yeah, he's he looked pretty solid for them, hasn't he? Um, yep. and they just they're
0: pretty short with guys in the middle. It seems so. He's someone who should keep his role for most of the
1: year. Yeah, and they just picked up Nathan Brown as well, so he'll probably fill in. Oh, true. Uh, yeah, off the interchange, most likely.
0: Yeah, good shout. Um, moving on to the rabbits, though, mate. The rabbits as well, pretty uh, pretty similar to the the weeks gone by. Michael Cheekham has still got that spot on the edge, which is kind of interesting to me. Apart from that, everyone else. Jack uh, Mitchell as well. He's been getting. A pretty nice role on the bench there. What are your thoughts on those two, mate? Uh, Cheekham and Shaq Mitchell, if you don't own them.
1: Yeah, so, well, Cheekham, yeah. I mean, if you didn't, if you haven't picked him up already, you're not going to pick him up now. The fact that um, Arrow was meant to come back for this game, but he's still one week away with that hamstring injury, Cheekham will revert back to being a bench rotation uh, edge. You know, he'll probably get 20, 30 minutes off the bench after once Arrow's back. Shaq Mitchell's probably the most interesting one to me. The fact that he's still, you know, churning out mid forty scores uh, with only thirty minutes, forty minutes off the bench is pretty impressive. So, if you don't have Shaq Mitchell and you're looking for a bench mid, uh, he's definitely one to one to look at because, yeah, what he's got a forty-eight and a forty-two in his last two rounds, plenty of tackles, plenty of meters, and yeah, looks like a very good. Um, bench forward with plenty of minutes because normally your bench forwards only get 20 to 30 minutes but he's been yeah getting what we got 45 and 50 minutes so yeah plenty of minutes off the bench which is good unfortunate for Mawali though because he's the one that's kind of getting the lesser of the two so yeah Shaq Mitchell a decent buy still to be honest
0: yeah I don't mind that mate yeah he's still I think got some money to make so I I don't think you've completely missed obviously it would have been nice if you had him uh, a couple of weeks back as well but uh yeah, I think he's still a, a buy there for you for sure.
1: If you yeah, need
0: someone in the in the mids, trying to pull up his break even here, mate. He's break. Oh, it's break even still negative. So he's negative six. Mm-hmm. Um, probably still has yeah, good like hundred k at least to make. Um, so yeah, that's that's Shaq Mitchell, I think, and um, we can move on to the Titans here, which uh, we've talked a little bit about Tanner Boyd already that.
1: He's Actually, sorry, just before we go into the Titans, um, oh, yep. how good was everyone who bought Ilias last week? Yeah, couldn't predict <laughs> that he would go back to only scoring 20s, eh? Crazy. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that sucks. But... Everyone's just like thrown just fantasy 101 out the window <laughs> and starts picking up guys like Ilias and, you know, the, those players that have been traditionally bad scorers, but you see them have one good game, and you're like, oh, God. Got to get them in. Must get them. Yeah, not good.
0: Elias was going to win the Dallium last week, man. I'm not sure what what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so I guess that's an important uh, important lesson that round one has taught us. If, uh, if we have forgotten, so keep the keep the reality in check for for guys like Elias. Give him another week or so if you're a beacon conservative, I guess, with it. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Moving on to the Titans.
0: Yeah, Titans left go. Tino obviously had a really good week last week. And uh, I think David Feeder, I've been a David Feeder producer, I guess, over the last uh, preseason. I've been pretty happy with him. He's still punched out a 60. I know he's playing the Storm this week. And traditionally the Storm are pretty staunch in the fantasy stats, but I'm still pretty happy to keep him, I think. And um, I guess probably want to assess when the Titans get their buy in a couple of weeks if I'm to kind of holding through the origin and what I'm going to do there. But uh, I think apart from Tanner Boyd um, looking like Estelle, there's nothing too much here for the Titans. Anything you want to add, mate?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got some players returning. Like Joe Vuna, he was out all of last season from an ACL injury. And um, Isaac Fusilmala-Awi, who's Tino's younger brother, comes into the team as well. So there's a couple of cheapies there. It's pretty risky going them. With the, with the fact that you know the the Titans have kind of changed up their team a little bit, the fact that Veryls is out and so is Joe Fafita, and Sammy's moved to to one of the wings, and you know the, this this kind of um, bench could change, you know, next week as well. They could move Sam McIntyre or Cleese Haas in because there's plenty of other players that are kind of vying for a spot in this seventeen. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be going them now, but ones to keep an eye on. But yeah, I think. Tanner Boyd is the only real, you know. Most people have Cam He's just sitting in the emergencies, waiting for a breakout week. But yeah, Tanner Boyd's the only real other option that most people have. If you've gone Tino as well, I did. I did say this last week as well. Everyone was trading Tino out because they were worried after he scored a twenty. And I said, you don't sell guns. And what happens with Tino? He goes out and scores a seventy. Pretty standard stuff. Just Pretty happens standard, every yeah.
0: week. Yeah, if I only we we're all as smart as Daniel Desav. We'd uh, yeah, it would
1: all be just. It's not smarts. It's just the 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 number one rule in fantasy is you don't sell guns, and everyone just panics after a gun gets one bad score. So, yeah, I just wind you up.
0: But I like what you were saying before, uh, Isaac. Still, in Malawi potential uh, guy that you can kind of downgrade to. Um, if you think one of your GPs has has peaked next week, uh, looking at. I guess his minutes and stuff like that. Joe Boone, I think he's like a kind of interesting potential ad for like your back of your draft uh, benches and things like that as well. Not sure if Joe Stimson really has this edge role locked up. You would yeah. see definitely a world in a couple of weeks where Joe Boone is playing, you know, 60 plus on the edge there for Titans. So yeah, those two are kind of keeping an eye on for sure.
1: Yeah, he's missed a lot of tackles as well on the edge there, Joe Stimson. So yeah, there's always a chance that he could, um, he could lose his spot.
0: Yeah, he's kind of notorious for just always losing his spot in, in a team wherever he goes. So uh, <sighs> yeah. he hasn't figured it out by now. History would suggest that he's going to lose it. Um, <laughs> but moving on to the Storm. Uh, the Storm, obviously you're pretty happy if you're a, at least you tell a Katoa fan or or owner, I guess, or fan. Josh King as well, he had a pretty good game. Things we'd like to see is Tarek Sims is on the bench. So uh, even those Trent-Liero guys, um, pretty happy. It, I think they're going to play these two guys, as in Katoa and Liero, 80 minutes on the edge. I think both of them will still get 80. That's kind of the storm mold that they've had for years with guys like Bromwich and Felice Gafusi. Um, the hitman, Felice Gafusi now, apparently. So I think Tarek Sims might actually go through the middle um, and maybe even spell guys like Christian Wells playing in a prop role. What are your thoughts on, on that, mate, and how you think that's going to shake up?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I think I've got a feeling Tarek Sims might be spelling Josh King at lock because they're pretty, I think they're pretty comfortable playing Liero and Katoa 80 minutes on an edge. Alec McDonald and Jordan Grant look like they've been spelling through the middle, and most likely with Tarek Sims in this team, I could see him spelling Josh King just with the fact that he didn't play quite 80 uh last week so yeah i think you're pretty you're pretty happy if you're a if you're a um a katoa or a Liero owner at the moment but the fact with the fact that sims has been named on the bench but yeah just one to keep an eye on i guess going into next week
0: yeah josh king still hit 49 points uh you know not as many minutes on the weekend still got a break even at 15 so definitely has some cash still to make but Yeah, potentially a long-term keeper, and um, one, maybe I'll be looking to downgrade to one of these guys, like uh, Isaac basuma or something like that, if the opportunity presents itself.
1: Yeah, you could see, there, there is a case where, you know, a Sofa Solomona comes back into this team, and Kamikamika becomes that rotation lock with King, or something like that, because he has played lock in the past, same with Tarek Sims, like... That you've, they've got all these players and these forwards that could kind of play between, you know, your front row and your lock roll, which kind of puts Josh King at risk a little bit. But um, yeah, less risk on Katola and Liero because Tarek Sims is really the only edge forward that they have um, that's going to be taking minutes from them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that, mate. Yeah, one to watch there. Uh, so I think moving on, the next one we got is the Cowboys versus the Warriors. Cowboys, a bit of a Bit of a shuffle with uh, Scotty Drink, he's out for three weeks. Pit Hiku, he got two weeks, I'm pretty sure. So Tom Chester comes in at fullback. Young Gunn, and uh, kind of the future of the fullback position potentially for the Cowboys. That's pretty cheap um, and kind of an interesting one, but probably one to avoid just given that Drinkwater only has a couple of weeks out. Do you agree with that, mate?
1: Yeah. Three weeks is just, it's just on that border. Three to four weeks is on that border of like, do you buy them or don't you? Like it's, it's really hard to make the decision. I'd say if Chester, like you have to go in this week, but he needs to be scoring at least 40, 45 plus to make you enough cash in three weeks that you're happy with making that trade. Cause you want to be making at least a hundred K from these cheapies. And with the way that um, you know, Scotty, Drinkwater scores. I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. So he's probably one to, yeah, like you said, avoid at this stage. I mean, if Drinkwater was out for five weeks, kind of like your Safidi was, yeah, then he'd be a go. But, yeah, unfortunately, three weeks isn't long enough, especially for a very inexperienced fullback. Yeah, we don't really know what he's going to serve up. He has got a
0: good matchup this week against the Warriors, obviously. But I think this season... More than any other just because of the bias and stuff and the the depth we need you could see tom chester being one of the guys you know in five six weeks that are just kind of stuck there on your bench they yeah. don't make enough money so you can really like upgrade them um and they're just kind of stuck there in your team so i'd be kind of i'd be probably avoiding him even though as a cowboys fan it'd be nice to just see him on the park he's got big wraps, yeah. but uh the other one that i'm kind of interested in your thoughts on reese robson a lot of people selling cheese, obviously, this week, or Tanner Boyd and looking for a replacement in the nine spot. Reece Robson playing 80 minutes. Jake Granville on the bench is kind of rotating through that lock roll. Um, what are your thoughts on Reese Robson? Where do you kind of, yeah, see him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he only scored a 40 on the weekend, but he's playing 80 minutes at, at hooker um, and or lock. You know, they kind of rotate Granville and Robson between that role when they're both on. But, yeah, I mean, he's a fine buy if you can get him in. The problem is he's 800K, so... He's hard to hard to get in at this point, um, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with Robson. I'd definitely be picking him up if you can. the The issue is there's there's you know ch- there's cheaper hookers around like you know, Mahoney. He's only another what 80k less than Robson, so you could pick him up because he's playing close to 80 at the dogs. But yeah, they're probably your two you know less than 800k options. But I think yeah, the problem is with the hooker role, you probably want to go premium just because there's not a lot of great, consistent hookers. So you probably want a Grant, a Cook, or a Robson. He's at the lower end of the premium, but he is at the premium. And then, you know, guys that are knocking on the door are your Mahoney's um, um, at the moment. So, yeah, to bit hard to choose between. But, yeah, if you can get Robson in, I'd get him in.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, mate. And I guess while we're on the topic, moving on to the Warriors, what are your thoughts on Wade Egan? He's had a few pretty good weeks. His break even is nineteen, but so he still potentially has a bit of value there. Uh, any love for Wade Egan?
1: Uh, no. Not not at all. <laughs> people getting people are getting sucked in at the moment into Wade Egan. It's it's pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah. Two tries in two games for a guy that barely scored two tries all of last season. Um, yeah, he's a no for me. Way too many attacking stats in these scores to consider him, you know, a premium option at a cheap price. So I'd be going, you know, only 60K more, you're getting Marnie and who has a lot more base stats and is getting less attacking stats and still spitting out good scores. So, yeah, probably steer clear of Wade Egan. Bit of a trap.
0: Yeah, I don't hate the move as much as you, but I do agree that there's probably better options. And then this Warriors team, man, I just don't really understand. Josh Josh Curran, watching the game last week, looked pretty good, I thought back on the bench. Um, and Mitch Barnett, who has been playing Unreal in the front row, gets moved to the edge. I don't know what's doing there, but uh, definitely want to keep an eye on and yeah, drop owners in draft or or classic, it's it's a tough life. So yeah, it's time to reconsider. I'm not sure what he's done if he's he pissed off the coach or, or
1: what's going on, but well, that um, seems to be it, right? Like, I, I just think Webster's no not other a fresh current man. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, his, his stats are good. Like, the fact you know, he's making plenty of tackles, um, you know, when he's on the park. He's, yes, he's missed a couple, but every forward does. I just don't understand. You, you, you lose your edge, and the obvious choice is sitting there on the bench, and you just you change your front row rotation. I, I, I just feel, That's yeah, cool. it's a bit a bit strange. But, um, Maybe it's because yeah, his name I mean, is Josh. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, we don't really like Josh's on this show Yeah, for good reason (laughs) It'll be interesting to see him later in the season To be honest Like he could get He could, you know Maybe the Warriors lose a few on the trot And then he comes into this team And, you know, gets a big minute roll But one to to keep an eye on Because he has already lost 100k And he will keep, you know, dipping in cash And yeah, could be a potential option later in the season If he comes into the team
0: I definitely agree with that, yeah Um, Moving on though, mate Let's let's smash through these last ones. We got the Broncos here. Had a great win against the Cowboys, which I hate to say, but they look pretty good, honestly. Guys like Ezra Mam had a pretty good week. Reese Walsh looked very hot um, in fantasy and real life, obviously. Yep. So, what are your thoughts? Anyone in the Broncos that that else is screaming out to besides those two, or any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think. Um... Staggs is an interesting one to discuss from this team, just because he's kind of... He's always... We've always thought him as, like, an option that could become a premium option, but he's never been able to hit those kind of strides to be that, you know, really gun-centre that he could be. He scored a try on the weekend, but didn't really do much else. It's so hard, because I every every ounce of me is like, you have to sell him. Look at the last three or four seasons. He really hasn't, you know, hit his strides, but... He, there's always that potential that he he can. Um, so if you have Katoni Staggs, I think I'm riding him this week. The fact that they're playing the the Dragons, probably holding him. But yeah, one more bad game and he looks like he's almost a flick.
0: If his name was uh, James Tedesco or something like that and he scored 18 with a try, uh, <laughs> you'd be really questioning yourself. Yeah. But yeah, the Katoni Staggs, We know he's got these games where he can just uh, go crazy, hit these 80 pluses, but yeah, one that you're going to have to have a hard look at, I think.
1: Yeah. I think with with Walsh in the team, he actually provides a little bit more for your centers and your wingers. So uh, I think he's probably, he could be a long-term hold, but just, yeah, keep an eye on him, see how he goes. If you don't have him already, actually, it's kind of an interesting one if he does hit form because he has already dropped a bit more cash. Um, From where he started, I think he's like nearly 50k down. So, yeah, he could be an option to go to as a premium center if the Broncos hit a bit of form. Um, well, if Stags hits a bit of form, the Broncos are looking pretty good at the moment.
0: They are indeed, yeah. Wins against the Cows and the Panthers. Not bad. Yep. Uh, and Not I think right. just lastly, I just want to say, Jesse Arthurs is kind of an interesting draft prospect. He's probably a little bit too expensive. 375k for, for classic, but... Uh, this winger role now that Corey Oates is out for a little while could be beneficial. So I want to look at there. Looking across to the Dragons, who we all predicted were going to have a great first round and uh, looked pretty solid after that first kind of 20 minutes, I'd say. Tyrell Sloan had a pretty good week, uh, scored a try as well, and he might have even got a try assist in there. He Yeah, he looked pretty good. Had a nice break as well through the middle.
1: What are your thoughts on him, mate? No, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going near him. <laughs> he, um, he had, his base is still quite low, even in a game where he won. He only, his base of fourteen hundred meters and four tackles is still very low. Um, And this was against a Titans team that was absolutely dreadful. Like they were atrocious, the Titans. The Dragons should have put a lot more points on them. Um, yeah, he's very reliant on attacking stats and I don't see the Dragons at the top end of the of the ladder this year. So I'm just going to avoid him, I think. There is a potential he comes good, but yeah, he's he's way too reliant on attacking stats, I think. So probably, I'm probably going to avoid him. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Doubling
0: down on the Dragons hate. I like it.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And I think I'm in
0: the same boat as you. I think, yeah, maybe this is an outlier game for him. He doesn't have that base. He has another good week, again, next. Uh, he plays the Broncos this week as well. So you imagine it's a, it's a tougher one for him yeah. to get those attacking stats. So, yeah, probably one I'm looking to avoid and go a different different way with your Preston's or, or blokes like that.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't break 10 points this week, basically.
0: Wow, hot take. Under 10 points for Tyrell Sloan from Daniel. Yeah. So What's the, what's the line? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, I think he'll hit 10, but I don't think he's going to hit over 25. Yeah. That's going to be a rough one. Um, and probably also want to keep in mind, for those who do have him, probably one that you're starting on your bench. Uh, well, I guess question that probably a lot of people are, are tossing up, would you rather have him or Tan Piera in your starting team this week?
1: Oh, that sucks. Um <laughs> Yeah, that is a shit one to pick between.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: flip a coin, really. I think Sloan's going to okay. have it very, very rough against the the Broncos. But, you know, Khan Pereira on a wing might, you know, yeah, get a, storm. a couple. Yeah, but the Dogs were beating them on the edges, um, the Storm. So I've got a feeling that Khan Pereira might be in for a try or two this week compared to... It just depends how the Titans play because they've been absolutely dreadful as well. So... Yeah, flip a coin. It it really it's it's gonna be a case of luck prevails for those between those two. No crystal ball here to predict.
0: (laughs) Let's try and find the line here. So, what about uh, him versus Isaac Thompson? Who are you going for this week? Isaac Thompson Thompson coming off at fourteen. Okay, Thompson,
1: easy. Every day of the week you're going.
0: Um, Harley Smith, Harley Smith Shields. You'd be going over him as well.
1: Uh Smith Shields, they're against Cronulla, I think the Raiders, so probably go Isaac Thompson still. I'd say Isaac Thompson, Smith Shields, then between Khan Prayer and Sloan sitting right next to each other is bad options. <laughs> okay. And I assume Alamotte and Warbrick also above
0: those options as well for you. Yeah,
1: Warbrick he's a he's a start every week, um, especially against the Titans this week and Alamotti, I think they're playing the Tiger's the dog, so yeah, I think yep. I'd go Alamotti. He's one of the more, the higher-end options. I'd say Alamotti, Thompson, are your two best centers for this week.
0: Beauty, well, that's a nice segue into the next guy I want to talk about, which is Jack Bird, who had a pretty nice game at lock and is a dual center. Might be that uh, kind of golden role that we, we hope for each year with you know guys like Tungo oh or whoever, who are these kind of standouts in the centers and the dual. What are your thoughts from him, mate? Are you potentially bringing him in this week if you can afford it? You're still waiting around. What are your
1: thoughts? I I wouldn't get too excited on Jack Bird yet. Um, he did look like he did look a lot bigger in them. He's actually put on a bit of bit of size actually, so he can probably play a middle forward role now. Uh, I just wouldn't get too excited of him playing lock. You've got um JDB with DeBellin coming back in a couple of weeks time from an injury, so. There is always the chance he gets pushed to an edge. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't be so keen on him. He'll probably be like the top scoring centre. He'll be up there with guys like, you know, Suwali and Joey Manu and, you know, your top centres um, in that position, Jesse Ramey and Campbell Graham, you know, those guys. But I don't see him as a great buy just yet, just for the fact that Jack DeBellin isn't there. I mean, if you get lucky and you bring him in now and he does hold that spot, well done. But it's very—it's a big risk um, just because he could lose that spot, and he is over 600K. There are better options, I think, um, at lower prices than Jack Bird, but he's probably the the premium center option that you want.
0: No, that's a really good shout, mate. I think one, we should definitely wait on to see what DeBellin does. He also did have a uh, a try-assist in here, which kind of boosted him up a little bit. Still scoring about a point a minute, but yeah, in that kind of mid-40s range, and you imagine when guys like DeBellin comes, it could even get lower for him in that role if he keeps it. So, yeah, yeah, I think one to watch with Jack Bird. All right. Who have we got next? We've got the Dogs. So, a nice win on the weekend. Uh, some big scores from guys like Karaz. Would you potentially go for a uh, a nice, you know, cash grab this week with a guy like Karaz who, uh, I think he came off a 90 on the weekend. Memory. Yeah, big score. Um,
1: he uh, he um, smashed it this week, 90. Um. With a try, obviously, in there. Um, yeah, he's pretty expensive. That's the only issue. He's over 600K for a winger. I just think if you're going, going to splash cash like that on a winger fullback, you're going your more premium options um, that are playing at fullback rather than on the wing that have a bit higher of a ceiling. So, you, you know, your Latrells, your Teddies, maybe even a Reese Walsh in there. Um, you prefer a fullback, not a not a winger at that price.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad shot, mate. Uh- it's an interesting one because he's got a break even of six. If he has another, you know, 40-plus score, it's another pretty nice price jump for him. Looked unreal as well, and is one of these guys who has a pretty good base in the wing of fullbacks. Uh, but I think I agree with you. I think there's probably better better buyers and there is a risk. You know, you can write him for this kind of high, but he's going to come down eventually like most wing of fullbacks do. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And I guess the other thing that interests me in this, this Bulldogs team is this board pack now. So RFM, he's moved to lock, which opens up this edge role for Jacob Preston. What are your thoughts if you have RFM and uh, do you think Jacob Preston's a buy this week?
1: Yep. RFM's a hold. Preston's a buy. Pretty pretty safe buy, I think, at this point. They're, they're pushing to get him into this team. You've got guys like... Um, TPJ coming back into this team, I think, as well. So that might change up the the forward pack rotation. But I don't think for an edge, I just don't think there's going to be much change for him. He should see at least 50, 60 minutes on an edge there. And he's after his 60-plus score, he's on the up. So there's plenty of cash for him um, to make, which is, uh, yeah, good for his owners. So, yeah, get him in.
0: I agree with that. And I guess going to the next... Uh... Going to the team their bursting in the Tigers. Another guy who's got a similar role, similar price is Sean Bloor. He uh, obviously had that 11 score in his, uh, in his scores this year because he had that head knock. But I think he's another pretty good buy if you don't have him. Probably one you don't need to pull the trigger on this week. Um, what are your thoughts on him, mate?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you started with Bloor, Um, that's fine. You're probably holding him while he's still got that starting spot, but I wouldn't be buying him at all at the moment, just because of the fact that Bateman um, is coming back into this team and he's even named amongst the reserves, John Bateman. So
0: I'd probably be,
1: yeah, good old John coming back in. I'd probably wait on Bloor. If you've got him, he's probably a play this week. Like you probably put him in your top 17. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't be trying to buy him if you don't have him already. There's every chance that he starts losing minutes from this week onwards. So yeah, we're just going to have to play Bloor until he comes out of this squad and then trade him out for as much cash as we can make at this point.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad shout. I kind of think he's going to keep this role, and I think Capola uh, might be the one who misses out if John E eh is to come into this uh, second row rotation. So I... Oh, for this yeah. week,
1: yeah. Yeah, but Papaliti's is out as well. So oh, like Puple, once yeah. Papaliti's e is back, it's going to be Papaliti e Bateman most likely unless they move probably eat a lock or something like that. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Just keep an eye on the rotation, I guess, for the, for the um, Tigers.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think, yeah, you wouldn't be pulling the trigger on Blair this week. But yeah, one to keep an eye out because if he's got that role, also a potential buy. Um, I guess just lastly with the Tigers, if you've got Tommy Talao, he probably misses this week. Uh, you're looking to kind of move him on or, or sell him or because he's kind of, he's bottomed out, he can't go any lower pretty much. Yeah. You just hold on to him and,
1: and hope for the best. He unfortunately hasn't looked very good to Lau. Like even in his in his preseason games, he looked kind of average. His first game against the Titans, very average, plenty of errors and missed tackles. And then with this head knock, I think he's a pretty, he's a good sell to Preston if you can, if you have a bit of cash lying around. But yeah, he's probably one that, If you can find another cheapie to sell him off to, that's good. Um, But if there's no available options, he's fine to hold. He'll have a game where he scores a 30, you know, with a try or something like that, and he'll make a bit of cash. But, um, yeah, if you can offload him for a Preston, it's good, because, you know, Preston's going to definitely make cash. But he's not an urgent sell, because he will come back into this team at centre.
0: Yeah, I like that, mate. I think that pretty much wraps up what we've got for the Tigers. Moving on to the Raiders, who... um... Yeah, probably should have got the win over the Dolphins last week. The team pretty much remains the same. Uh, is there anything that you're kind of looking at that piques your interest here with the uh, with the Raiders?
1: Uh, no, not really. Um, Tarpany, he's probably the only option. Again, same thing happened last week. He only scored a 40 and people were already panicking to sell him. But yeah, obviously he's a hold uh, other than him. Actually, it's pretty interesting. Tom Starling off the bench has been getting a lot of a lot of stats. Like he's actually been scoring quite well. Uh, two scores in the forties, oh, one score in the fifty with a try first round, and then the other score with, uh, mid forties with only forty minutes on the park. So he's actually racking up some good stats. Definitely not a classic option because he's already at six hundred k. But if you can snatch him up in uh, in draft, he's actually a decent hooker option. Even though he doesn't, you know, start and play eighty, he's a a decent attacking option off the bench. So i uh, one to one to pick up if they're just sitting around on your on your waivers for sure.
0: Yeah, I like that call, mate. And you can also see a world where Sticky moves him into a bigger role in this team playing maybe at the sixty plus minutes. Uh which I think he should because he's <laughs> the best talker in this team. Yeah. But uh he just can't yeah, tackle the whole game. That's
1: the only issue with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, he's just like crafty, he's quick. Yeah. Good to watch. Um, but moving on to the Sharks, their team, Um, few of these guys, like Braden Trindle had a pretty good week. Yeah. Has a negative break even, but I think for me, I'm probably waiting or probably avoiding him just because, you know, Nico is probably coming back next week. Are you uh, in a similar boat there, mate?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. I think we said last week, if you did pick him up already, well done, but it's very risky buying him now just with, you know, Heinz coming back any, any second and then Trindle will either go back to a, like a 14 type role off the bench or he'll just be out of the squad altogether. So good job if you had him from round one, you're making plenty of cash off him, but yeah, not one to go at this stage.
0: Uh, is there anything else here in the Sharks team, mate? Do you want to highlight? I think that pretty much covers it for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty much Teague Wilton is still churning out pretty good scores, got a 50 on the weekend, um, good base stats, does miss a few tackles. But yeah, I think if you picked him up, you're pretty happy with his scores going forward and uh, probably not one to go now because there are other better options. But yeah, another one that's a pretty interesting um, player as long as uh, Graham doesn't take his minutes.
0: Yeah, I like that, mate. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our, our team list chat and kind of tied in hopefully a few questions um, that could be there um, for some of the viewers. One thing that we want to try to introduce just to kind of uh, part of the podcast with some of the stuff is introducing like a top three, top three buyers of the week for classic, top three buyers or trade-ins for draft as well. I guess I can start, mate, with some draft ones that I'm considering. Number one. On my list is Karaz. I think if you haven't got Karaz, I'd be putting in a pretty high claim for him. He's one that went undrafted in a couple of my leagues almost, and uh, one that definitely has some value. got the 90-odd last week, obviously, so he should be a pretty popular option in your league. I'm also quite interested in Nick Corre uh, from the Warriors. He had a really good week. Has that dual status for the edge and mids, and, yeah, if he's got that role... You'd think for most of the year with their hate for Josh Curran. Um, he's a pretty good option there, I think. Uh, and the last one could just be for for a one-week, but one I'm kind of looking at is Kapoa from the Tigers. Really handy because you can put him in your centers or your winger fullbacks, and he's playing in his second-row role. So it could uh, potentially solve some problems for you this week and uh, yeah, get you a like 30-plus 40-year-old in base in you and the fullbacks is pretty handy. Any ones of those you're considering, mate, or any others you want to kind of add onto that list?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at like draft options to pick up, you're probably looking for players that, for that week, the week coming up, that they're actually going to score big and be uh, pretty good options for you. Uh, So, like Nia Corey, for example, with Jackson Ford out, he's going to get extra minutes uh, on an edge there. Um, You know, guys that might get extra points like Cheekam this week. He's still got that edge role um, locked up. So if you can pick up Cheekam, he's going to be getting you pretty good uh, scores again, you know, mid forties kind of scores off on an edge. And, you know, even Trindle, he's a good half filler, especially with Cleary out this week. So Trindle's a decent option in your draft leagues. Cause most people in draft, you have your set and forget team. And then you just need kind of fill in players to fill in for players that are on the buy. Um, so yeah, any of these players that have good matchups and are in the team, you know, maybe only for this week, Yeah, they're the ones you were going to go. I like that, mate. And
0: um, I guess just to round it out, we'll go through our top three buys for Classic this week as well. So top of my list, I think, is Preston from the Bulldogs. Uh, As we're saying, kind of during the pod, they seem to really want to get this kid in the team. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of got a lot of raps on him and stuff in the club. So... Looks like he's going to get probably a 60-plus-minute roll here for the dogs and has a negative break-even. So uh, really good option there, I think. Uh, we also mentioned I think he probably comes in at number two for me in uh, Zach Mitchell. He's still got that role, He's still got a decent amount of money to make. And, uh, yeah, 40-plus is in your mid. Pretty handy one that you can slot into your side as well. Again, then the last one that I'm kind of looking at is uh, it's not one of these hooker options like a, a Robson or a Reed Marnie is. Tohu Harris, if you've got the cash and the ability to do it, he's been unreal. He's got that 80-minute lock roll sorted up and just pumping out base stats for fun. So they're probably the top three that I'm looking at for myself. Anything you want to throw in there, mate?
1: Mate, you've had my exact picks there. They're probably the best ones that <laughs> I've been looking at. Preston is a pretty much a no-brainer this week. I think you have to get Preston, you have to burn a trade to get him in somehow. If you've got like a Talao or one of those players that are sitting on your your emergencies that aren't really making you much cash or that have been injured or you just don't you know care about anymore that you want to flick to get a bit of cash off someone, yeah, just get rid of them for Preston because he's still under 300K. But yeah, you've already kind of mentioned it. Shaq Mitchell is a good option. Um, Another one that's still a good option that's been getting plenty of minutes is Mark Nichols as well off the bench for the Dolphins. Um, He's been getting a good amount of minutes and good amount of base stats. So he's another middle forward that, you know, a bit more expensive than Shaq Mitchell, but scoring a little bit higher as well. So um, yeah, another bench forward that has a, has a decent, um, a decent amount of cash to make. I
0: like it, mate. Well, um, do you want to run through some of these fan questions too? We can pump some of these out to kind of finish off, I guess.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Let's get through these fan questions. So, uh, question from Connor. Um, is Brendan Smith your uh, hold uh, or are you looking to trade him?
0: Yeah, we kind of touched on this, didn't we? I think, yeah, it depends how long the cheese has been in the fridge, um, how much, how, how are you feeling about him? But I think I'm going to be holding him at least for this week. Um, yep. And, yeah, see how we go with him.
1: Yep, absolutely. A uh, question from Malik. Would you sell drink water?
0: Yeah. I think you got to get rid of him. Three weeks yeah. out. Um, and, yeah, was like a little bit shaky with some of his base stats. weren't kind of where you'd like to see him. You like to see Scotty drink the kick meters and things like that. He's probably one of the higher bases for fullback, but... Um, yeah, I only hit a 40 with two tries, which is a little bit worrying as well, so I think, yeah, one you can probably get rid of and um, go somewhere else, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Question from Carter, are both Chans and Tamari Martin a sell?
0: Oh, that's a bit trickier. Uh, I don't think Chans is. Uh, He obviously had that really good round one. He should come back next week because he it was the head knock that kept him out. Yep. Um, wasn't it for this game, or that um, finished the game early? So I'm happy with Holden Chance. Mari Martin, I might have the 30-year and I haven't really been following that closely. I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, what we
1: What we said in the preseason has exactly come true. He's kind of scoring in your your low to mid 20s, and he's made like six k off his starting price. <laughs> Um, we said to steer clear of him, and yeah, I think he's a pretty safe sell this week to a cheapie, another cheapie option that's going to make you a bit more cash because he's not going anywhere, I don't think.
0: Yeah, he's consistent. Uh, 25 and 24, his last two scores. Um, but yeah, I think he's probably going to hold around that for the rest of the season. He might get lucky and he might kind of pump out a, you know, a 40 if he gets a bit of attacking stats in this as well. But... Yeah, I wouldn't kind of be holding my breath. I think he's one that you can, yeah, go to a press and or someone like that instead, bank that cash.
1: Yep. Uh, question from Fred. Is it too early to be trading Cleary? Yes. <laughs> Move on. Yep. Let's not, uh, let's not spend any time on selling, uh, selling guns, that's for sure. Uh, question from Tom. Is Reese Walsh a good buy and what do you see his prospects for the rest of the season?
0: Yeah. Good question. I, yeah, I don't mind him. I think he's, he's more of a luxury buy if you don't have, you know, if you've got no other problems in your team, you've got the cash. Don't think he's a, a must have or anything like that at this point, but look great on the weekend. Definitely don't uh, discourage any people that are interested in him. Looks unreal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The The only issue with me is he lost his goal kicking um, that he had at the Warriors. Obviously, he's got better chances to score points at the Broncos. But yeah, he's losing, you know, six to eight points a game just without the goal kicking because Reynolds has taken that over. So he's probably not going to get you, you know, 50 pluses every week. But you know, he'll get you with, with just his base stats in general attacking plays alone. He'll get you in the 40s most weeks. So yeah, decent, decent option. Uh, Mitch asks, "Would uh, if choosing between Val and Bird, who are you going?"
0: I think Val still, uh, but I think even out of those two options, I'd be looking at Joey Manu now potentially as more of a pod move over Val. Val's been all right; uh, he's got like two like forty if scores, which yep. is pretty nice in your centres, But I think last week was a real leg up if you had, you know, like a hammer and uh Alamotti combination who scored both of them scored more than Val and considerably cheaper so uh good like you kind of got lucky I guess this week if you went with that cheaper tactic in your centers but uh yeah I think that's maybe more my my thought is just to stay cheaper in your centers at this point point. and uh yep look to keep building your roster elsewhere and your forwards and, and things like that, like upgrading to a Tohu Harris or something like that. If you, if you could versus going for a Val or one of these more premium centers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think, I think I would go bird if I was choosing between those two, just the fact that he has the base stats and doesn't have to rely on attacking stats. Um, but yeah, Manu's like over 700k still. It's pretty crazy. He's on it, Honestly, he's going to be dropping for the next five six weeks. So he'll be an option in a couple of weeks' time to to have a look at. But yeah, not not at the moment with his price where it is, unfortunately. But yeah, one to one to watch. That's pretty much it.
0: All Beauty, done. mate. Well, thanks for giving me the reins this week and uh, letting me have a go in the in the hot seat here, uh, hosting. And uh, I like it. And thanks you like it. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, we'll have to Maybe. do it more often, I think. We'll have to we'll rotate a bit. Yeah, change rotate it up. a bit,
0: yeah.
1: Keep everyone guessing. <laughs> Never uh, let them know your next move. That's how to play it. Exactly. <laughs>
0: well, uh, good luck, everyone, for this week. Uh, I hope your trades, everything goes well. And, uh, yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Look out for our uh, captaincy posts and our buy-hold sales uh, later this week.